0: This is Let Me Tell You. Now, here's Joan Hamburg. A bunch of us were sitting around talking about growing up and dinners and food and habits in our various families. And it brought back all kinds of memories. My mom was the first person... In our neighborhood, to have her own malted milk machine. Guys, this was a big deal. It was a real one, just like the ones they had in my town. It was the drugstore, and you could go to the drugstore, sit at a counter, and get food. And that isn't so common today. You can get your groceries at the drugstore, but the ones in our neighborhood are big chains, and they don't have counters where you can sit and have breakfast or something like that. So growing up, my mom had this malted machine, and that alone made her queen of the five towns, a group of um, little communities in the South Shore of Long Island. We would all sit there, my big family, eat like you wouldn't believe after those long family dinners, try to recover, we'd all go en masse into what was called the sun parlor, the sunroom. And my mom, who had just cleared the table from this enormous meal, would announce, who wants a chocolate malted? Or there are chocolate malteds. Well, everyone wanted one, no matter what they had just eaten. So we could see mom disappearing in the kitchen and you heard the whirling of the malted machine. The next thing you know, out she comes with a tray holding tall frothy glasses of her magical concoction made from Briars, vanilla fudge ice cream and malt. I was the first in line, very thin as a young girl. And I thought I was doing myself a big favor by getting in those extra calories. Now we were a foodie family and every scrap of food was consumed. I do the same thing. And I have this very basic simple casserole recipe that was just for leftovers. I would take whatever leftovers we had. And we always had a chicken or a turkey or a rib roast or a pot roast and whatever leftovers my mom would put in this casserole, pour a can of Campbell cream of chicken soup or mushroom soup or any of those kind of soups on top, add a little milk or a little stock and voila, there was dinner. Even the kids loved it. And on the Campbell soup website, there's a recipe very similar to mine. You can go right on the website. You want to look up quick, creamy chicken and noodles. Easy, inexpensive, and delicious. And this is something I learned from my mom, who would take whatever leftover meat she had. And in those days, we did have little eye rounds, roast beef. I mean, I don't think my kids ever had roast beef. Anyway, she would put it in her mother's grinder, it was it looked like a stainless steel, but I doubt it, but it was looked like that material. And it was bolted to the kitchen counter. And into that she would add a couple of eggs, maybe a cup or a half a cup of homemade breadcrumbs, and she would shape them into these cakes. They look like crab cakes. We wolfed it down. We ate a lot of meat in those days. No one warned us how dangerous they thought meat could be or that it would make you fat. We just liked it and we ate it. Weight was an obsession, but not the way it is today. And it was easier to even get clothes. I remember when I bought as a young woman, my first Donna Karens and by her cut, that designer, you could wear a size 8, a size 10. Over the decades, the sizes have shrunk and many of us have grown. So what we used to wear for a size 8, 10 is probably now a size 2. Anyway, I expanded just enough to make me a slave to the diet industry. And when I started doing for my radio station, restaurant reviews, I would eat out at least three or four times a week. So dieting or being very careful was an absolute necessity. And my greatest diet strategy was denial. I had become friendly with Marion Burrows, who was the former food uh, reviewer and wonderful columnist for the New York Times. And one night she said, come on, You're going to eat the best chicken you ever ate. So we go to a restaurant. She shows me the menu. I look at it. I say, well, you know what? I am going to have the chicken. Wasn't that always safe, dietetic? Marion put it laughingly, virtuous. That chicken, guys, was so delicious that I began to think dieting wasn't a big deal after all. But after we ate, Marion called over the sous chef and asked if she could bring me to the kitchen because I was curious as to why this chicken was so delicious and better than almost any chicken I had ever had. So the guy takes us, and there is a chef standing there with a lot of chickens, and he was literally slathering them with what seemed like a pound of butter. So much for the diet. Marion started laughing. She said fairy tales. I was disappointed, but it did occur to me that had I not gone back to the kitchen, I would have lived in blissful denial. When I go to Los Angeles to visit my son John and his family, I find an entirely different reality. They don't eat in Los Angeles. They order not eating food, ordering food. And when I went to visit for the first time, John took us to the grill, a famous haunt of actors and agents. I remember the shock on the waiter's face when the end of the meal happened and he came by and it just slipped out of his mouth. Oh my God, you ate everything on your plate. And other diners were cramming their necks to see who this exotic creature was an eater. And the truth is in a lot of circles in Manhattan, it's not that different. A favorite restaurant of media types is Michael's in Midtown, famous for its cop salad. But I have seen or eaten with many a fashionably skeletal woman order the cop salad without the avocado, without the bacon, without the cheese, without the dressing. In fact, Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America, NA, member FDSE. My pencil-thin friend, Joan Rivers, who tragically died too young, once tried to put me on her diet. It was eat anything you wanted till one o'clock in the afternoon and then eat nothing for the rest of the day. And boy, she was disciplined and good. She lived like that. I couldn't do it. That's how she stayed so skinny. And I always had to watch everything. The only thing that ever really worked was a Weight Watcher group we organized at the radio station. A lot of actors, because we were in the theater district then, they joined in. And we'd get weighed religiously every week. And wonderful actor Mandy Patinkin, his wife Catherine, an actress, joined the group and she's also a writer, when it was time to weigh in, Catherine would literally take off her clothes and go in this big group down to her underwear, underpants bra, to the horror of the group leader, who said, you don't have to do that. And Catherine said, excuse me, do you know how much these jeans weigh? I always had the fantasy that if I live to be a really elderly person, now, of course, I'm sort of old now, but I pictured it much older. I'd finally be liberated because most very old people I see are so thin, they have to drink Boost and Ensure to keep their weight up. Not me. I'm going to sit in my chair and stuff my face. Maybe I'll have a chocolate malted and no one will say, you can't eat that. It has a thousand calories.